Are you a sports fan who didn't know the NFL draft was this week? Then boy, do I have the teaser trailer for you. I'm Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show every week with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We're doing mock drafts before the draft. We're grading picks after the draft. Now, do we know which picks were good and who's going to go where? No, absolutely not. We can't predict the future. But people like hearing about it. Yeah, don't you? You sickos. So we talk about it anyway. So come listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. And guess what? If you like the draft, but you don't like me, you can go listen to the Ringer NFL Show with Kevin Clark and Nora Princiati and our other NFL experts. Or you can go to nfldraft.theringer.com to check out our massive draft guide. So come listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show and the Ringer NFL Show on Spotify because they employ me. Or it's also available on all the other platforms that don't employ me. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's the Prestige TV show podcast. My name is Bill Simmons. I am with the mother of dragons, Mallory Rubin. We're going to talk about We Crash. Lots of good TV shows. Stay tuned on Sunday, by the way, for uh, Sean Fantasy with Bill Hader, writer, director, star of Barry, breaking down the first episode of Barry. That is coming Sunday night. Right now, we're going to talk. This is the last tech show. We had a little tech show boom. How would you rank these? One, two, three. What was your final rankings now that we're done with all three? Super pumped. We crash. Dropout. What do you have? So I have to follow up your question with a question and say like best or favorite because it's the old quality TV show versus like which I found most entertaining divide. I think the dropout was clearly the best show. I I don't think that's really up for debate. We Crashed was so entertaining that on a different kind of list, it's in the running for second or even first. But in terms of just quality shows, I would probably go dropout, Super pumped. We crashed. In terms of sheer entertainment, I would probably go oh neck and neck. We crashed. Drop out at one, and then super pumped. I thought we crashed was an absolute delight. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm sad it's over. It really came down to the two stars. Oh man, I thought both of them were just cooking with gas. It was just legendary performances from both. We could talk about Leto in a second, but uh, in Hathaway, wow, All-timer. I mean. In the running for, I don't know if you're going to say her Mount Rushmore or her best three or best four performances, I genuinely believe this was one of the best performances of her career. 
she did some I, in the wrong hands. You wouldn't have liked this couple. You wouldn't have wanted to spend eight episodes with this couple, but they had so much fun playing the two people that I had a good time. I enjoyed the whole way. I was weirdly rooting for them, even though they were horrible people. And then you feel <laughs> bad about that at the end. But um, right. just she tore a force from her. Unbelievable. When Joanna and I were breaking down the penultimate episode uh, at the beginning of this past week, Joe asked what I wanted out of the finale. And I couldn't really come up with a precise answer. I think in part because of the glut of the Cult of Founder TV right now and trying to navigate what each show is actually trying to do or say and whether that matters. But my answer was ultimately, I want an embarrassment of riches in the I had to pause my TV to take a screenshot of something Anne Hathaway is doing <laughs> moments, <laughs> right. which I got because that's been the entire season from, you know, the the absolute top of the pantheon moment is putting the tissue flat against her eyeballs to dry the tears. But there are so many moments across the episodes. The Avatar cosplay in the finale, the multiple returns of the smoothie, nothing communicated other than her sheer disgust via facial expression. Obviously, in the penultimate episode, the Anne Hathaway, Jared Leto, Rebecca Adam dual gong banging of the yeah. WeWork gong. Oh, just unbelievable stuff for Anne Hathaway. I'm glad you brought the smoothie scene up. It's a masterclass. They can oh teach God. it in acting. She's not even really talking in this scene that much. But she's in control of the surroundings and she's just so awful. And then finally gets a smoothie at the end and she's she's like nodding like you've finally <laughs> done it. You've created the right smoothie for me. Uh, I loved everything about her performance. I loved the character. I thought the character seemed authentic. You know, Jared Leto's performance, There, there's it veers into like, come on, this person couldn't have been this much of a lunatic, right? Like there's, I had, it, it strained my credulity from time to time. In Hathaway, I really felt like this woman's like this. You can go on YouTube in the second to last episode when they have that podcast that she did. You can go and find it. Not much different. So they found a way to have her kind of do the SNL sketch version of this lady, but also do some real acting stuff. And I think that's what made it so special. I would assume she's going to get nominated for the performance, right? Oh, I mean... I, and him. Bob, probably I, both of them, right? And then... She um, has to. The dropout. She was sensational. Yeah, Amanda Say. I think like she'll the get race nominated. between Amanda Seyfried, yeah, for uh, for Elizabeth Holmes in the dropout, and Anne Hathaway for Rebecca Newman here is a boy. That's a showdown for the ages. Well, you know, when you're making these tech shows, and I know the ending already, it's really mm -hmm. hard yeah. for me to be invested in how it's going to end. And it's like the classic, oh, the rise, here comes the fall. I thought they handled some of the corporate chicanery in this last episode really well. I also want to mention as a child of the uh, 80s and you know a young, vibrant adult of the 90s to see the lead from singles <laughs> and Anthony Edwards from ER now as these old hedge fund people was kind of depressing for me. I don't know if it says something about the state of my life, but these were, you know, singles was this really important Gen X movie. <laughs> ER was the most important drama of the 90s. Now they're just right. these two old people trying to thwart our two people. But I liked all that chicanery. Got to keep benchmark capital on our TVs. 
You know, what a what a time for the benchmark capital guys. Huge. Bruce here here in WeWork. Of course, our uh, shared love, Kyle Chandler as Bill Gurley in Super Pumped. Uh, yeah, the cast of of We Crash was sensational. Uh, putting actual like Oscar-winning movie stars, Joe talked about this in, in our last episode, like like Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway in in the show could actually, I think, have gone quite wrong because I like for the first couple episodes, it's almost distracting, right? Yeah. And it's not actually oh because I can't help but see Jared Leto. It's almost the opposite, right? He's wearing the 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 heavy like the contact lenses, the facial prosthetics, and of course doing the voice. Baba Ganoush, you yeah. know? And it's such a heightened over-the-top performance, but I think ultimately it was so... And it is, you're right, in like a really kind of compelling and interesting contrast to this really muted, understated. And, and, and understated almost feels like a word that should be outlawed from a We Crash podcast, but there's something deliberately understated to the point of being overstated about the Rebecca character. These two people who... You know this through line of the of the of the tech founder uh, TV boom outside of even we crashed all of these people right these like would be messiahs these people who think they're these modern day gods inside of this tech boom and like the yeah the 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 rise and fall point that you made I agree with but it's also like you have to as a viewer in a fictionalized rendering or a dramatized rendering of these stories you have to be able to opt into the idea that people would have followed in droves right like how does anyone get away with something like this and the specific nature of the something like this varies across all of the shows. Like, it's different. What the founders do, what the companies do, what they do wrong, how they fail their employees, how they fail their clients, how they fail the public. But in We Crashed, this blend of true, true, true idealism, right? Like, Rebecca and Adam actually deluding themselves into thinking they know a better way to to lead the world, to change things like education and the, the fundamental aspects of society after starting a shared workspace company is like an incredible thing that happened in our very, very, very recent shared history. This story this, is, is still unfolding in real time. It's amazing. The school is the best part of all of it. We grow. We grow. And then her, her shuttering the school down. Two of Soulful. her best scenes in the whole season were when she has to talk to large groups of people and how she reacts to them. I, when when I was fully in on the show is when they had that retreat episode. Oh my when God. When she Summer had to camp. talk to the yeah. employee. Yeah, I mean, the stuff she did in that scene and just how that scene played out with people just really upset at her and her realizing it and trying to figure out how to fix it and not having the equipment to fix it because she was kind of a moron. Um, but then this last scene too with the school and... I liked in general how just people just immediately mad now. It's like, hey, fuck you, you know, yeah, and, sure. and what happened? Oh, tell me. What? And they're just screaming at her and it's just zooming in on her face, realizing what a fraud she is. It's it's so essential to maintain, to have like those bursts across the season and certainly in the finale, because I think what you said earlier is really worth focusing on for a second, which is that the people who made We Crash decided to kind of go with, I don't want to say like empathetic versions or renderings of Adam and Rebecca, but like kind of, right? You you are really spending most of the show exposed to their charm, right? And their mania, but like the with Adam's character in particular, the sheer charisma, the way that he is able to 
convince people that he isn't just a founder, but that he is that unicorn. I, I loved the, the moment in the finale where um, O.T. Fag Benley, who I thought was was great as Cameron, uh, he he was he was in uh, Black Widow over in our our MCU yeah. universe um, pretty recently, and and he's awesome. And I loved the unicorn speech, like this idea that this thing is not real and cannot be real. But then how have we wound up in this place collectively where we not only allow ourselves to believe it can be, but want that to be true, right? And it's because like, yeah. you want to believe in something incredible. You want to see somebody achieve something that very few can. And of course, most crucially of all, you want to latch on. You want to be a part of it, right? So like to, to ultimately showcase the charm and charisma and see how they were able to get so many people to sort of bend to their will, you've got to have the moments where people and then us as viewers say, wait a minute, you guys are like fucking assholes. Look at all these lives that you're destroying. And so right. like not only the, 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 um, we grow a school scene, which I agree was incredible. Just the chorus of fuck you, Rebecca's, but something literally like as literal as them drowning, you know, in the sea of their own hubris with the Dead Sea sequence. Like my eyes, my <laughs> eyes just flopping about. It's like at some point they're going to be undone mm. by their own like charlatan act. And and they they were, but of course also then benefited incredibly from it. And I don't think that We Crash is nearly as heavy on the social commentary as the as the two other shows were but it's it's still like kind of has to be present there at the end and i think in, in those respects it was yeah i agree with that the charisma piece i thought the best piece of that was as the series went along and people start realizing this guy's full of shit some of the stuff jared leto was doing with that where it's like it's charisma but now it's like he's a little unsure of the charisma but he's trying to be like oh i gotta turn on the charisma again but now he's stumbling a little like the way he, the fundamental piece of the show is you have to believe he can seduce the anthony edwards character and then masa yes. and you have to believe masa is going to be dumb enough to give this guy an incredible amount of money just because he likes being in his orbit he likes being in his world which i think is how some of the great hedge fund disasters that we've had over the last 30 years have happened. It's because people with a lot of money just like being around somebody who's got a lot of charisma or he's got some sort of hook or he's selling something and they just like the person and they're buying the person, not like the practicality of the idea. This case was so easy to look under the hood and be like, what is this? But this was also the height of the I'm going to spend way more money than I make because somebody is eventually going to be dumb enough to just spend pay to for grow. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think on, on that point of the, the Masa Adam and just Masa SoftBank factor balance in the finale specifically, like given how much of the end game kind of hinged on that dynamic? Did you think enough time was devoted to that character SoftBank as a I force didn't. leading in? Cause I, 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 that was one of the things that let me down a little bit about the finale. I needed one scene with the SoftBank people looking at Masa, even if they were looking at the uh, the article that was written about Adam, just being like, what the fuck, dude? This was your guy? This fucking maniac? What are wh what the hell were you doing? What did you see? It almost seemed like that should have been like a career ender for him because mm -hmm. he, he just kept the faucet going for, you know, and we saw it literally at the end of that one episode. Yeah, the beer tap. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps the beer tap on. He's like, yeah. I thought they did a good job. They didn't hit us over the head with some of this stuff. And they tried to show us versus not having people talk about them. Mm 
Right. And that's not having characters spell it out with dialogue. It was a lot of, like you mentioned, the smoothie scene, the beer tap. Some of it was a little over the top, but the guys who did the show were the same guys who did Focus, which is a movie I really liked that Wesley and I yeah. did on the Rewatchables. Very splashy. They always have great musical choices. It moves a certain way. Every sort of mus- musical crew cue sets some sort of scene. Um, and the show just moves like in a very sleek Mm-hmm. cool, um, fun, entertaining way, which I think is the only way you could have told the story of these two creeps. Yeah, it has a certainly the Apple TV Plus kind of sheen to it. And I, I've said yeah. this a few times on, on Prestige TV pods recently, but I'm having a moment with Apple TV, man. Me too. We're back. <laughs> I'm just loving it lately. Yeah. Severance was like, just sublime. One of my favorite shows in a long time. There are so there are a handful of really excellent shows right now, and I I think that sustaining the balance across eight episodes is a tall order. But broadly, I thought that this was consistently really, really, really entertaining. We well, you, you would have thought seven episodes would be the ultimate destiny of this, not eight, which really isn't. They padded one fine, but. This was at least a seven-episode show. And the eight, I thought everything moved pretty fast. You could have condensed some of the ones in the middle. Into, but I wouldn't have wanted to because I like spending time with the characters. That, and, and that's the thing, too, because like the to, to go back to the, the SoftBank Masa thing for a second, I do think we got the requisite moments where there's like a little bit of doubt cast. Yes, there's the sequence the doubt in front was, of the plane where it's like, wait, yeah. this, like, this is your... This is your guy, really? And, and you know, not moving forward with the arrangement and the fund that Adam thought he was going to have to get. I I watched the, uh, just last weekend, I had not previously seen it, I watched the Hulu doc, the documentary on, on WeWork. And that specific moment, SoftBank not moving forward with that $20 billion investment was like... M- all of these things, much like in the show, you know, the S1, the Wall Street Journal article, all of these things were, were cited as like seminal touchstones along the road to ruin. But that specifically, that SoftBank moment was like the turning point, at least as, as it was presented in the documentary, because the idea, as far as I understood it, and I am not a financial expert, nor a tech expert, was everybody knows this guy has the money. And so if he's not going to put it in, then something's wrong and everyone else knows it now. And so I, I like on the one hand, I was glad that the show didn't lean too heavily into the actual markets and financial aspects of it. But I think we could have used just like a touch, touch, touch more of the actual mechanics and inner workings of what changed there. Because like a, a counterpoint, I think one of the more effective techniques and mechanisms in the season was when, Cameron from Benchmark, who in theory should be an ally, right? He and his company are invested, this venture capital Mm. firm are invested in WeWork's continued success. And he's the one going through every piece of paper, trying to get everybody else to see that Adam is a huckster and that this entire thing is a house of cards that is definitely going to crumble. And the fact that that was like somebody inside calling, calling that out, um, you know, our 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 guy hosted Plain English, Derek, he's in the Hulu doc. And one of the things he says in the doc is that like a lot of people have this kind of private feeling that this was not what it seemed. Yeah. But to see the character like the character of Cameron kind of literalize that, I thought was so crucial. Well, it's funny when because you watch from afar and you're rooting for for things to work, right? We felt this way. There was I won't say the media enterprise, but there was a media enterprise that we we're pretty suspicious of how is that going to end up being profitable. It turned out to be fine. 
but there was a lot of dialogue about WeWork. Like, how are they putting up these things so fast? How are these pro- We had a WeWork office right. the first two years of yeah. the ringer. Um, we also, we met with Benchmark when we were deciding if we wanted Fundy or not for the ringer. I was thinking how funny it would have been if they had taken this huge investment early on and then we had their version of whoever is suddenly, you know, at all the executive editor meetings. It was like, here's Bob. He's from Benchmark. He's just going to make sure everything's running smoothly. We would have been completely threatened by that guy. So the moment he shows up there in We Crashed, the, the show goes to another level because oh, it's yeah. kind of like, ah, oh, the jig's up. They, they're they going to, this is eventually, they're going to be looking under the hood and they're going to find out that it's just a bunch of like wires and spark club plugs. Right. And, Right, and, and, the, the, the and fact he knows that, it. it yes. Adam knows it the whole time. But and that's I agree with you. Like the 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 final third of the the series is really just like on another level, and in part because you would think that the response from Adam, uh, Rebecca, everyone would be okay. Like it's time to get serious. You know, it's <laughs> it's time to clean up our act. And and no, they really went the other way. Like, yeah, she was like, it's time way. to spend more money. <laughs> Yeah. Here's a whiteboard with all of the new companies that we want to start so that we can fundamentally alter the very nature of existence and elevate consciousness across all realms of life. And also let's go surfing for a month. And Right. <laughs> and then we have town incredible. cars taking us everywhere. We have people making us smoothies as we wake up. They're just, they're burning money while claiming they don't care about money at all. And that funny, that was the ultimate point of this. They didn't need to bang us over the head and say it, but it was like, these people are capitalists. They played the game and they walked away with this, or they thought they walked away with as much money as they possibly could. They didn't care about all the lives that were destroyed, the false promises, the things they built and were quickly abandoned, all the people who worked for them for super low wages because they had these options that they thought might be worth something someday. They all got cast to the side and they're on the beach in Israel at the end, having a great time. Yeah, I... I loved so much the scene and the sequences in the penultimate episode where some of the younger employees who had been there since the beginning are really thinking about what it's going to, what their lives are going to look like once they cash in, you know, the bag, the, 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 the the purchase of the bag that carries over into the finale. But like, it takes you back to the very beginning. I mean, I guess technically the very, very beginning is also at the the end point because we have to kind of flash forward, but the, the beginning, the origin story of WeWork and the, the initial bond that Adam and Miguel formed over their respective histories in the kibbutz and in the commune in Oregon, this communal approach to living. And both inside of We Crashed as a dramatized television show and just more broadly, the actual real-world history of WeWork and the We Company, there's something so fascinating about that conflict of this highly, really purely capitalist pursuit wrapped up in this idea of a new way of living as a community. And Mm. I thought like, I would have loved a little bit more of how Miguel felt about everything. Like we got a couple nice moments with Miguel and Adam at the end, but like Rebecca in particular, the way that her character kind of like warps I keep saying character. I mean, these are real people. But the, the, the this rendering of her as a character, the way that that idea is like warped to just say anything that we have ever felt like was inferior compared to our own notions, we can just wrap up in this idea of we and sell it to people as a commodity. Like, the again, the school scene, 
<laughs> when she mentioned Bjork, I was like, I was cackling. But it's horrifying too, right? Because, and again, the tonal adjacencies in the show were so effective. You have her sitting in this like literal dreamland that she has crafted, right? Yeah. I want to build myself like a forest to sit in and tell people I know how to raise their kids. But she's talking to people who are like, well, I can't, now my kid can't go to school next year. The guy, the guy who was talking about how his kid was on scholarship, right? It's just like, fuck you. You don't actually care about any of this. You just care about whatever soundbite you're going to be able to share the next time someone asks you to be on their pod. Though, of course, we know Rebecca doesn't believe the podcast matter. <laughs> right. She believes in CNBC. <laughs> well, the funniest thing is she cares about we grow and, uh, you know, raising the collective consciousness of the kids and the next generation. And then her own kids, every time we see the kids, she's just handing them off to handing her nanny. Them off. She's spending yeah. zero time with her own kids. I, uh, If we're going to go quickly through some awards, mm. Miguel was the character. Now, he might have just been like that in real life and they wanted to not Hollywood him up. But uh, he was the character I had the most problem with because he was in every episode. You would say he was probably like, the third most important character in the entire show from screen time and scenes. And I never got a feel for him the whole time. Like, did did he deep down know Adam was full of shit? Did he just ride it out because he knew this was the end game for him? How did he defend Adam in the office? What was going on with him? Right. What, like, they almost made him, and then when he sang, I don't know if that happened in actual, in real life, when he <laughs> sings... I can't imagine anyone would do that. They, I felt like they had to have made that up. But I just, Miguel, I didn't feel like worked for me. He was probably the most disappointing character for me. What'd you think? Yeah, I I would have liked to better understand his exact relationship to Adam and the state of the company at all times. Because I think there there is something, you know, compelling about presenting this co-founder who basically is like cut out of his own company's legacy you know there's that moment yeah. when he with the s1 in the penultimate episode where he's just doing the like control f for their names and sees how many more times rebecca not not just adam but rebecca is mentioned than he is like she has shoehorned herself in you know just that incredible i am the soul of the company moment yeah but that came at the expense of something right it came at the expense of a lot of things and I think us understanding exactly where Miguel was at all times was was one of those things. Like it's a trade I I would take, I guess. I wouldn't want to lose Rebecca's screen time in favor of Miguel's screen time. But you know, eight full hours is a lot. So we we could have gotten a little more. Cause even at the very end when he when Miguel and Adam have their 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 heart to heart and he's like, you know, I love you. And it's like, oh, okay. Why? I wasn't sure yeah. that's where we were exactly. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it was the part was inten intentionally kind of ambiguous or the actor wasn't awesome, but he was the one actor that I felt like didn't didn't totally capture my attention when he was on the screen. We saw a social network. The third guy that was involved from the ground floor was that guy Dustin, the programmer, and they made the decision to move it. Like, this guy's not interesting. He's just out. He's Every time we see him, he's over on the side working. That's it. They couldn't really do that with Miguel, especially because he was the co-CEO. But um. So I would say most disappointing for him. I thought best cameo, my pick would be uh, America Ferrara and she was great. that two episode arc that she had. I thought was great. That scene, what what was her exact quote to Anna Hathaway at the end there? Uh, I'm going off off the dome here, but from, as for, I believe it was, you have no light of your own. Right. <laughs> you, feed off, you feed off Adam's light <laughs> because you have no light of your own. Yeah, it's one of the meanest things. 
meanest things anyone's ever said on a television show. <laughs> Incredible scene. That was she was so, awesome. So intense. Any other uh, any other bit people you loved, <sighs> or people that passed through this universe? Masa was like, I don't know. He, right. I guess that's what he was like. They, you couldn't have a lot of fun with that part. But the guy, oh. the guy who you mentioned at the end from uh, from Black Widow, I thought that guy was excellent. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I mean, we, of course we would it, we. It would be a dereliction of duty to not shout out Dollar Bill, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> From Billions, of course. Pastor Tim, Dollar Bill, he's been everywhere recently. He's playing uh, Scott Galloway here, who writes the the kind of takedown blog yep. um, off of the S1. And he is just always a, a source of joy whenever he pops up in, in any show. I, I get so excited to see him. <laughs> Kelly O'Coin, he was good. love him. Yeah. Um, who wins for you between Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto? Just in terms of the strength of the performance? Yeah, just who wins the show between those two? I don't think it's particularly close. And I actually, re- I I will say, as somebody who, who recently did a, a quite rude Morbius podcast over on the Ringerverse, I actually really like this Jared Leto performance. Me I think too. he's quite committed. Uh, and it's, he's going for it and it's working. I thought he was good. Uh, I thought Anne Hathaway was transcendent we work uh the we work goal was to elevate the world's consciousness and hathaway achieved that here <laughs> she was surreal totally agree i thought she won the show but i thought i thought leto 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 yeah never could get that one in my head yeah i he thought he did a good job he yeah. he battled and they were really good together it actually seemed like they enjoyed their scenes together um what was your favorite musicals Musical hook song montage sequence. Oh boy, great question. I don't know. I don't know if I have. An I don't know What's either. Yours? But I like the music the entire time. I like the theme song, the intro music. Me too. That's like a good needle drop, and they and they they, they start with the the unicorn ass. It's just like so thematically apt, right from the jump. That might be my pick. I like that. Good ear. That was good. Were you waiting at the end of this when they're on the beach in Israel for Adam to turn to the camera and go, hey, Apple TV users, we've been renewed for another season. <laughs> oh and that, my God. that's how the show would end it and be like, just season two. They're just in Israel trying to open a small pub. Picking up a particularly robust seashell and a, a, a twig and banging a, a new gong. Take the take the, the WeWork gong anywhere you can. Uh, I, I I suspect that Adam Newman, as a uh, confounding real world figure, will give us more material for another television show at some point. It certainly seems so. It also is unclear how much money he actually escaped from because I was reading about this and it seems like he made like one point seven billion out of this. I don't know if. SoftBank has, or SoFi Bank, whatever the hell is, uh, as whether they've been able to get that money back or whether it's still being uh, settled in court or whatever. But the amount of money that he made just because all of these people stupidly let him create this company where his wife had saved for the next CEO and he owned like 20 times their, their board of director votes. Um, pretty giant mistakes. It makes you wonder, are any of these people competent? I mean, it's broadly one of the really interesting dynamics in all of these shows. Like, yeah. you don't a- 
you don't actually care about the venture capitalists, but they are often positioned as the foils or the one trying to like take down or check the founder, which is yeah. sort of a, a a strange thing to like ask the the viewers to to care about that. But you know the the moment when Bruce is like. Uh, just absolutely you think, oh, well, Adam, will he be able? And again, like we know what actually happened here. So we're bringing to the show some via some level of osmosis, the knowledge that like, no, we know how this ends. But will he be able to convince him one more time? And for Bruce to just like make the heroic stand, it's like, wait, <laughs> who's the hero of the show exactly? You know, but I think, yeah. again, that's kind of part of what's embedded into the DNA of these of these projects is like, there are so many different power players and dynamics. And the thing that everybody is pursuing is ultimately just like the greed that drives modern day society, right? And like the fact that technology and these startup tech companies, these booms are like the equivalent of the, the, the modern day like cult or religion or just something that attracts a lot of fanaticism is just like really a fascinating snapshot of of how how society operates. So I, it's weird that we got three of these at once, but I, I suspect it won't be the end. I mean, this is like a pretty rich bit of, of earth to continue to mine. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will do Napster at some point, right? Maybe yeah. they've already done it well, and I just and didn't Super see Pumped it. Is, Super Pumped is an anthology show, right? So like yeah. we know we're getting season two, which will be about Facebook. And I think each season is intended to focus on a different company. So we know we'll be getting more Super Pumped, which is exciting. And yeah, I think we'll just continue to see television versions of stories adapted from pods about real life happenings. <laughs> well, supposedly there's a Spotify movie. It probably uh probably won't be uh reviewing that one on the Prestige TV podcast would be my guess. Maybe maybe going to sit that one out. All right, Mally Rubin, what's your final grade for this show? Oh boy. A minus? That's where I was. <laughs> I was like a legitimate A minus. Feeling good it about it. I don't it feel fun. like I'm I don't feel like I'm uh, padding the grades because we're heading into the summer and I want the students to feel good. Like <laughs> this was an A minus entertainment experience for me. I doubt I they think gave this out was... letter grades at We Grow. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> we Grow. Um, I think this was the best thing that I've seen on Apple TV that they made from scratch from a TV show standpoint. I, I did not watch I can't Pachinko. I join you there. I can't join you there. I thought this You like Severance more than I did though. Oh my God. I thought Severance was outstanding. I'm going to get you like fully invested too weird for in me. the Severance no, high for season too weird. two. Yeah. Too weird. Yes. <laughs> too weird for me. Can't can't take it. Uh, you can hear Mallory and I, we're doing uh, the rewatchables right after this on Monday. It is going to be a league of their own. So we're about can't to tape wait. that right now. Uh, thanks to producer Craig Horlbeck for sticking in on here. And don't forget, Sean, Fantasy, Bill Hader, break it down. Episode one of Barry on Sunday night. See you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.